Welcome to Mo Man Talk. I'm your host, Shisa Moa. In episode 41, we have a guest that's a performer. He's a b-boy. In fact, he's performed at Super Bowl 52 with Justin Timberlake. He has performed with Tori Kelly for the Prince Tribute Concert Performer. Also, Vanilla Ice. He's a regular at NBA Minnesota Timberwolves Performer. His love for passion for dancing made him build a school for it, which he founded in 017 called the Cypher Side Dance School and Studio with support from fellow collective artists of Indigenous Roots Culture or Arts Center. Despite the negativity from his parents, he's been dancing for 13 years with teaching experience of 7 years. He's also even traveled across the sea to Thailand to teach kids out there how to dance. Let's all welcome Lou the Finisher. Are you looking for the latest Hmong-inspired menswear? Well, look no further. She sells menswear, makes suit accessories, uh, apparels, and you can find them at www.xixomenswear.com. Yo, we are super excited today. You know how excited? Man, this gentleman's been on stage on Super Bowl 52. He's, he's you know, he performs at NBA Minnesota Timberwolves. But who is this guy? This gentleman, Lou, the finisher, how, man, what's up, bro? Hey, what's up, man? Thanks for having me. There's more than that. We're going to talk more. Just, just, just being humble about that. There's a whole lot more about that, too. <laughs> We're going to take you uh, way back, man. We'll take you way back. Did, did you, we're talking, like, when you were, like, teenage, if that, did you start b-boying already Lou yeah so I started like late elementary like fifth sixth grade and then kind of went more from that from middle school so who got you into that um when I was a uh, in elementary actually my gym teacher he used to be a dancer and so just randomly gym class he just did a lot of backspins so I was like oh dang that's cool you know I want to learn how to spin on my back on my head and stuff like that and so me and a friend just kind of got started from there. And then me and him branched off to di- two different middle schools. And uh, we just kind of connected with our, f- uh, with our friends from different middle schools just kind of combined together. There. Did you uh, get organized any kind of crew, I would say, like the loonies or, you know what I'm saying? Back when? Because this goes yeah, way my back. Original, yeah, so way back, my original crew was called ABC Crew. And so that was who I started off with. So that's how like we formed because my friend went to Hazel Park and I went to Battle Creek. And then our friends from each school kind of joined in and formed a crew. That was my original crew back then. Did your mom and dad ever said anything like, "Hey, you should be do that. You're gonna break your neck or something?" Yeah, it was crazy back then. Like I got yelled at. I got locked out of the house from, but. All I went through was just practice, and it was usually like a couple hours a day, and then I got yelled at, like saying, oh, that's gangster stuff, you know, like, you should be going to be a doctor, getting a job, things like that. That was one of the struggles I had. That isn't the first I've heard that. Do you feel like, is it gangster stuff to break dance? I mean, that's how the, the parents looked at it, right? No, I was kind of actually kind of escaped from it because I had a lot of um, uncles and relatives that were actually in gangs, and I was just kind of fortunate enough to have dancing, you know, break break dancing in my life. So I was away from that stuff. So, so we say dancing kind of what a stress reliever. 
I would say. Yeah, stress reliever. Um, I'll say it's kind of like an escape, stress reliever. It was just something to do at the time and just kind of have fun and just kind of have like high goals. Like, oh, I want to accomplish this move because this move is hard and I want to try my best to just kind of get that move. That was kind of my mentality back then. Just getting those cool moves and just, it felt good to actually do the move. What, uh, at that point in time, when you were with your original crew, who was your first battle, man? Can you take us back there? Man, I don't, even, <clears throat> I don't know if you mean like an official crew battle or just like a random fun battle. Let's say both. <laughs> I'm trying to remember, I think maybe the first official crew battle was at my friend Jersey Jam, I think. As if my two crew members, King and someone else there, I don't remember, they might be vain, but it's been so long. So that one, I was like super scared uh, to battle. And I'm not sure. There's been a lot, and it's just been so vague. And I just, there's like a lot of like small, like random call outs that people don't do anymore. Just like, I'm going to go call out your crew and battle. So that there might be some before that too. I do not know officially uh, of like crew battles or like a one on. It's really <laughs> if you look back at some of your ten year, you know, style versus what you do now. Is it is it kind of cringy or are you like, man, it wasn't too bad? Man, it was bad. Style of my dance and my hair, man. You know how people back then. <laughs> <one day. laughs> I wasn't even talking about your hair. I had the long. I had the long bangs. <laughs> that was bad. My style of posing was bad. And I would look back at it and I was like, man, I, I see why girls didn't go for me. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have like a bag of jean, like Jenko with like split hair? hair oh, man, you style? know, like the baggy, baggy pants with the rubber bands on? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I yeah. got in trouble in school for it. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, I had, yeah. I remember walking past like one of my teacher's room and then he's, Somehow he saw that I was wearing rubber bands in my pants, and then he came outside. He was like, Lou, you got lunch attention. Take off the rubber bands. I was like, what the heck? You know, like, they thought I was gangster back then. It was like a gang kind of thing. <laughs> so I got in trouble for wearing rubber bands on my pants. If you guys a battle out at, like, a school turf, did the school try to stop you? Or supervisor, whoever tried to, like, um, wonder what you guys are doing? Yeah, so there it was like hard not to dance. You know, they said, "Oh, you can't do that. You're gonna hurt yourself." Uh, I think once we went to kind of more like high school, then it was a little bit more accepting. So we kind of had practicing like before school, like you know, during the morning and then after school too. So once we reached high school, it was kind of more accepted more than the middle school. I mean, as of today, it's more than accepted. We're talking like pros and red bull and olympics now you know yeah it's a lot more competitive and the skill is just man crazy out there when when was your first ever like professional battle man professional battle i'm trying to remember my first out of state but it's it's like so long I think maybe one of the first big ones was maybe the Red Bull Midwest qualifiers. So it was the Red Bull region. It was the regional qualifiers. Can you, uh, can you so give I us a date on that? I think it might have been back like 2010. Okay. I think it was like 2010, I think. So um, about a decade ago. That was one of my first battles. I lost first round. 
He lost yeah, first he round. Invited. Um, that sucks. Yeah, so it's only like invited like eight or sixteen people. So, man, I was. Yeah, it was eight years ago. Actually, two thousand twelve. Yeah, you got a lot of power moves from windmills to flares and head spins to you know nineties uh, and more up your sleeves too. But it's a lot of power moves. You you work yeah, out too to keep that, maintain that. No, I don't work out like weights or anything. Like back then, it was just straight up dancing. But I think I need to maintain it now because I'm starting to get a belly. So. <laughs> You know, at what at one point you know you had a ex girlfriend that you were pursuing to dance. I think you were in your mid twenties, right? And um, uh, yeah, pursue, I think I was like at least like yeah. And you want to pursue dance, and you want to encourage her to to into dance too. However, you had you two had a fallout, and that made you pursue even harder. Uh, in your career, and which kind of led you to like, you know, Cypress Side Dance School, man. Can you can you tell us more about that mm-hmm. story and what happened with the, your love life and such? Yeah, so just kind of a hard time at the time. Me and her just kind of, you know, tragic, like unexpected things really happened with me and her. Um, happened, and so she had her. She started her own life, and I was just kind of by myself. Um, and so that kind of led me through kind of like a hard depression. You know, I did, I, all I had was just my friends and family, but I still felt alone. And so I just kind of had to make a decision for myself. Like I'm going through all this, like I was really going through a tough time. Um, and so I just kind of had a hard, like a hard time to myself to kind of think like, Oh, what am I doing with my life? Like, what do I want to do? How am I going to get there? And so I, for me, it was just kind of taking chances with things like, you know, just one day this person that contacted me named Marianne was just like, hey, you want to start your own dance studio like we talked about? And I just took the chance. I was working like a nine to five job and I was just kind of like, man, this sucks, you know? So for me, it was just kind of taking chances. And, you know, I'm just kind of glad that all, all, the, all the tragedies that happened with my, me and my ex and just everything in general at that time it happened because I wouldn't be who I was who I am now without all the you know difficulties in life just making me who I am now just realizing more about what I want and what I should be doing awesome dude I'm glad you pursued it and used that uh, anger or depression towards a goal that you've been working on you know now you founded Cypher Side Dance School How's that going, man, for the school? Yeah, bunch of, what's the youngest kid there? Uh, our youngest was three, and our oldest before was 45. So Wait, a three-year-old? Yeah, we had a three-year-old. Now he turned four, but when he oh, started, Oh, that's so three. adorable! Yeah, they're, they're awesome. Man. What kind of activity do you make them do versus the 45-year-old? Or the same, it's the same kind of dance move. Uh, similar dance moves. It's really basic. It's more fun for the little one, but they'll they'll still learn moves. I think we it's hard for us to accept some three year olds because some of them might not, you know, have the ty- uh, uh, 
what's the word for it, like attention span. And so we kind of, for three-year-olds and four-year-olds, some four-year-olds, we just kind of see it case by case. Uh, but usually they're okay. Well, half of them are okay, half of them are good. We just teach them basic moves, uh, simple steps that they can do. Oh, that's so adorable. They, they, are they super excited when they come into this, the dance studio and they start just jumping around? Yeah, they're coming around, you know, put a smile on my face, like seeing them, like random stuff, like seeing this little three, three four-year-old came in the class with little shoes and had a little the flash lightning on his shoes. I was like, man, like, how are you going to get mad at him? He has no shoes. He's fresh. He has a lightning on his shoes. <laughs> And you mentioned the oldest is yeah, 45 years old? It's like, yeah, so I, ha- I was doing private lessons with a 45-year-old. But as of now, I'm not teaching him currently because of the whole pandemic. But yeah, that was 45-year-old that I was teaching before, too. Understandable. So what's a, that's, what's a day in, like, Sanford Dance School? I mean, do you warm up, tell him to warm up? And then, you know, let's say I'm a student. I come there. Do you tell me to warm up? And then we go to the next, you know, practice or what? Yeah, so literally, if I'm doing my classes, you know, parents just bring their kids in. They, parents wait in the waiting room or they leave and come back. But usually, I'll start the kids just kind of stretching. Or it's more for like, getting them comfortable too, because a lot of our, the younger kids, they don't have the confidence, you know. So a lot of the kids that we see is like, they're all shy. They need their parents like with them the first class and they're just, scared you know but after like the first day they're usually a lot better but usually it's like them getting to know all the classmates you know kind of do an introductory like oh everybody has to say their name and like their favorite food you know how old they are just introductory stuff and then just after that warm-ups uh setting uh class expectations you know like oh you have respect and start teaching moves after that and at the end sometimes i do a game for the little ones you know Little ones maybe do like freeze dance. Simon says, and then at the end we usually do like a huddle, a quiz. You know, like oh, before you leave, you have to say a move. So that's kind of how my class works. Cute man, that's that's awesome, dude. The routine. At one point, you were in Thailand and Laos, and you taught the kids over there to break dance too. Uh, with street stop, right? Am I right? Mm-hmm. how was your experience out there man it was inspiring like you know how some parents say, oh you don't know how it really is until you go over there it made me really think like dang you know like my parents really were there were living there and they brought us over and well yeah it was overall it was really inspiring i learned a lot uh you know not taking things for granted because i was teaching man it was hard well it was kind of rough some days because we will teach like the whole day so we will go to like one Hmong village in the morning and then another one during like afternoon and then we will go straight to the orphanage that we taught at so we usually go there right after in the evening or afternoon day afternoon teach. so that was like our main the main place that we taught at is the orphanage so. pretty humble man you said that you don't take things for granted. It really opened your eyes. That's the first time you've ever been out of the country? Yeah, that's the first time. 
and you can see a lot of kids there don't have very much for but their shirt and maybe if their pants on their you know and a pair of shoes where they happen to see it and have you perform and have you do your thing and then watch it and then they're repeating what you do yeah a lot of them were really excited and uh they were really appreciated like one of them came up to me uh and said like oh you know like you're my idol you know i've never seen an actual Hmong dancer professional one come and teach us you know and willing to teach us like all they saw before was like Thai dancers, but then it would be really quick, you know. It's like, uh, giving us the opportunity to actually learn from someone, you know, that's been doing it and someone that's actually Hmong that they can relate to. I feel like, you know, having that connection is really important. You know, you know. That's awesome. You gave that kid, a guy or girl, uh, an opportunity, right, to be a dancer mm-hmm. and a Hmong dancer too. So it's a stepping stone. Mm-hmm. So great job for that, man. Yeah, thank you. You know, those, um, how many, back to about your, you know, uh, dance school, how many kids are there? My bad, adult and uh, kids, the whole pack. Uh, we have around 75, or the whole pandemic, you know, it kind of shifts as of mm. right now, but we have like 75, majority monk kids, uh, but we have, I don't know, all different ethnicities. Congrats for that, man. It's, it's moving and it's moving forward and it's probably going to grow and let the pandemic settle down. Mm-hmm. You've been to so many uh, dance competitions, or if not, you either dance to compete or you dance to for fun. You know, we're, we're to the point where you're pretty much a daily at the NBA in Minnesota Timberwolves performing on halftime, man. How do you like that exposure? Yeah, it's it's fun, man. It's like I like the thrill, kind of like the energy. That when you step on the stage, it's like, man, let's do this, you know. Um, it's yeah, we it's really, um, really good because it's just really they're really quick, you know, and we get tickets to see the game, which is nice, usually. So we just do like rehearsals outside of it with our own group, because usually it's like quarter shows that we do because we have a set schedule like once or twice a month for the season, and then sometimes they have random gigs, uh, for us to. Uh, like sometimes, like I got last time, like a day before the well, one of the events, like got booked to do like the All Stars game, like you know, it's player intros. So those those are cool because it's like the players are right in front of you, just zooming by. But for us, it's like we have to be professional so we don't go talk to them. So speaking of not talk to them, you also perform at two bigger, two major ones, Tori Kelly. And uh, Super Bowl, Justin Timberlake, man, tell me about that. Yeah, just one day for Tori Kelly, um, someone, one of my friends, uh, Jovi, he just messaged me. He was like, "Hey, because uh, I know that was the time that Prince passed away, and so there was like a concert for him, and so there was like all these big name stars like like Jesse J, Christina Aguilera, but Christina Aguilera didn't, didn't make it. So. And they're like, you know, Stevie Wonder, and so." Friend Jovi just messaged me saying, hey, you know, how would you like to perform for Tori Kelly? Uh, what are some of the people who are asking for uh, a b-boy that could do power moves? And so they were, I was like, okay, yeah, I'm down. So I had to do some little hip-hop moves too, you know, which I don't really do, but if I get the chance to do it, like, small and still do my thing, then I'll still do it. So uh, got to do that. And then uh, the funny thing is that Tori Kelly didn't, 
didn't know there was going to be dancers. So the organizers didn't tell her. So when we were doing uh, rehearsals and stuff, like, we had to adjust a lot of stuff, and she had to adjust a lot of stuff. But she was really nice about everything. And then turned out turned out really good. So I got a little solo in it. Um, I couldn't really find official footage, but I found, like, a fan video on YouTube. But the quality is not that good, so that's why I don't usually post that one because it's so hard to see. But you can still see me. Dope, that man. one was we see good. You. We see you. Mm-hmm. And then and uh, Justin Timberlake, too. How was your experience in that? Man, that was the most... Man, I think that was, like, the best and favorite one because it's just, like, man, like, I don't know if you guys saw the video or the, the halftime, but, you know, a lot of people are talking bad stuff about it, but it's, like, it's a lot of work that they put into it, a lot of hard work because they have to manage, like, two, three people, 100 people on the field, plus, like, you know, everybody else. And so I think one of the highlights is, I mean, Justin Timberlake is one of the highlights because it was his birthday when we were rehearsing, too. So we, everyone got to say happy birthday, but during like the video, like being like during the day of and just being on the field, and then there's like all these lights. There's like the part in the in the Super Bowl where all these lights are on for uh, Prince, and so just looking around, like I was like, man, this is dream come true. It's just like man, you look around, it's just like man, you can just think, oh my god, I did this, you know. So that was kind of like how I felt. That was awesome. Awesome experience, dude. Is there another one that you would love to perform to? Uh, another big one I did was Vanilla Ice. Uh, that one was interesting because the funny thing about that one, not a lot of people know, is that I was sleeping and then I woke up to the message about it. I'm like, hey, who need, uh, so we have the group uh, First Avenue Breakers that performs Temporal. So. I was sleeping, I think, one uh, one day, and then I woke up probably around, like, 6. And I was, like, I was in the message, like, hey, we need someone that can, that if anyone wants to dance with Vanilla Ice, everybody else, but also last minute, because it was, like, in two hours. The, the, his, <laughs> yeah, talk about last minute. Go ahead. Yeah, that was really last minute. So I woke up, I was like, heck, yeah, I would dance with Vanilla Ice, too. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Figure it out. And so I uh, went. We, heard, we didn't rehearse. We just went there. And then he's like, okay, hey, I want you to do this and this. And, yeah, the Vanilla Ice was really cool. I got a picture of him. And then, uh, yeah, I was, I was kind of confused about the performance, too, because they didn't tell me exactly what to do and then for how long. So I was just kind of, like, quick inserts in and out. And then, yeah, space was kind of small, too. But that was really fun uh, because that was, like, a sold-out show, too. There were, like, a lot of old-school people. I forgot Salt and Pepper and other ones. Um, but yeah, he's a he's a cool guy, but he's kind of yeah, he does he did well I remember there was like a or there was like part of a song like he grabbed someone from the from the audience and you know uh she's kind of a, a larger lady and then he just started like grinding with her. <laughs> I was just like, dang, this dude just don't really care. He just does whatever. Um and so it was interesting to see, and I think he was like bring water to people. I don't, I can't remember, but yeah, it was, it was fun. <laughs> Besides those past events, what about future events, man? Who would you like to perform for? Man, I don't know. There's like a lot. Like, 
just imagine like dancing for like Eminem or something, you know. Um, I don't know. There's there's so much. Um, yeah, there's so much. I can't even name them. Okay. Lou, I like always to ask this question uh, at kind of the end of the show. And I just wanted to say, what does it mean to be a Hmong man? Being a Hmong man. I There's think no right or wrong. Go ahead. Respect. I think it's still respecting your traditions, but still be yourself. That's what I feel like. Like still respecting like the tra- traditions, you know, but still knowing your self worth and just knowing, you know, respect, you know, because you know a lot of like the Hmong culture, there's a lot of like, um, oh, uh, what's the word for it? Like gender roles are not really equal in a sense, you know. And I feel like being a Hmong man now, me is just kind of still respecting some of the old traditions, but still having that self respect and the respect for like you know females and for your elders, for yourself. Um, yeah, that's what I would say. All right. If you were to give the, you know, the the younger teenage Lou an advice, what would you give him? Oh, man. I think I was sometimes too serious back then. Um, I feel like I should have enjoyed life a little bit, uh, but still know my boundaries. Uh, just kind of, you know, back then, yeah, trying to think, yeah, I would say those are the main things and just making sure that, you know, just don't mess up too much, you know, but, you know, everybody's going to go through struggles, but I think knowing how to recover from it will kind of be better from it because a lot of times back then I was, I would make a mistake and I would just, you know, not learn from it. And I feel like now it's like all these struggles and things that happen, you know, I, I bounce back twice as hard. And back then I didn't bounce back at all. So I just kind of drowned myself and didn't think. So. Yeah, I think well, I would say. Seemed like you're getting wiser. Lastly, Lou, yeah, that I want to ask people you. don't go ahead. No. Oh no, no, no. Go ahead. I, uh, la- lastly, Lou, man, where can we follow you, man? Can we do you have a website? Do you have a Facebook, etc.? Please do tell our listeners. Yeah, so uh, my personal Facebook is uh, Lou Finisher Tao. Uh, don't write Fisher because a lot of people write fit keep calls me Fisher, which. I don't see why they would get finished. Well, I see why they get Fisher, but it's Finisher. <laughs> Lou Finisher Tao. And then um, you can also follow my uh, my dance school page at Cypherside Dance School. Uh, C-Y-P-H-E-R and then space S-I-D-E. Uh, I just put added the dance school because I feel like not, like outsiders don't really know what Cypherside is. I kind of added the Cypherside Dance School aspect to it or you can check uh my dance school's website at www.cypherside.org look at more information on classes or just kind of see videos uh, as well last question dude how'd you get the name finisher 
Um, back with my old crew, we were just dancing for fun and we were bad for fun. And then, and then, um, just randomly my friend, you know, I was like beating them, you know, like I was beating them. And then he's just like, man, you keep beating us. You keep finishing us. Like, maybe you should just call you the finisher. So I was like, eh, okay, you know, but I'll take it because. A lot of b-boys, you know, they get their name given to them, you know. It's like when you're born, like, your name is given to you, you know. And that's kind of like how b-boys uh, done it with the name, so. Oh. That's all I got for you. my friend Derek. Oh. <laughs> thanks, for, thanks for sharing that, because when I think I finished it, I'm thinking, like, more to com- more to combat. <laughs> yeah, a lot, of, a lot of people, you know, they say that. A lot of people say, hey, finish her. Finish him. <laughs> <laughs> Well, hey, Lou, we're like super appreciate of your time to coming out and chatting us about your experience about B Boy. And uh, yeah, we're very appreciative, man. So thank you, man. Yeah, thank you. And thank you for having me. And make sure, you know, uh, whoever uh, listen to a podcast, have them check out future events and future uh, shows that are happening, too. I'm not sure. Well, that ends our episode. If you haven't yet, visit our website at www.momentalk.com or find us on Facebook, Moment Talk. Lastly, if you're listening on, on us on a podcast from Stitcher or Spotify, Google Play or iTunes, please give us an honest rating. One last thing, we want to give a shout out to my Yevu and DJ Peter for allowing us to use their song and beats. Thank you so much. You can check them out on YouTube.